the Cambridge Marketing Podcast with Kiran Kapoor. Brought to you by Cambridge Marketing College. See their range of courses and apprenticeships at marketingcollege.com. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to be talking about podcasts and making podcasts. And my guest is Harry Morton, who is the founder of Lower Street Media, which is a branded podcast agency. Harry, can we talk a little bit about Lower Street Media and what you do? And then we'll talk a bit more about the strategic side of podcasting. Of course. Well, yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Um, yes, um, I'm Harry Morton. Uh, Lower Street, uh, we, all we do is make podcasts for brands. So um, we, we work with companies of all sizes from, from large uh, enterprise companies down to small um, individual uh, business owners um, to create content to you know, uh, grow and own an audience that they, they can engage with um, each and every sort of week. Um, and so we help to develop concepts for podcasts, branding, um, the way that they are positioned, how we market them. And of course, we, we produce the content each week as well. Um, so, yes, we're a, we're a fully remote team. So we, we have clients in the US and the UK and, and further afield. And so the, uh, the production department is spread across all of those. Um, and we, uh, we're, we're just sort of, yeah, full time audio geeks, basically. <laughs> it's a great thing to be. Um, mm. I was very intrigued that you're talking about growing and owning an audience because so often when I when people come to me and say, oh, I've had this bright idea about doing a podcast, and to mm. be fair, probably what I did back in um, 2014 when this one started, um, you sort of think, well, I'll, I'll just do it and see what happens. But you're, you're taking a much more strategic view about it. That's right. I think, well, you're, you know, incredibly... Uh, forward thinking and smart to have started in 2014. I think that was much less the cool thing then. You know, it was it was a it, it was much less of a, a trend um, to be jumping onto. And so, I mean, that gave you a, a phenomenal sort of advantage, I think, and and um, and good on you for getting started when you did. I think now, when we look to start a podcast, we're competing not against you know, a couple of hundred or a few thousand other podcasts. We're competing against a couple of million. Um, mm. Uh, I mean, you know, that's the total number of podcasts that are out there. You know, the number of active podcasts is actually much, much less than that. But nevertheless, you know, there is a lot of alternative content for people to listen to. Um, and so I think that the days of just going, I've got a great idea. I'm going to talk to to these people about these topics uh, on a podcast and it's going to be wonderful. I think we're sort of past that a bit now and we have to think a bit more carefully around, OK, who is the audience we're actually really trying to to reach uh, what do they want? What are they already listening to? And how can we provide something that is genuinely differentiated and valuable that's that's going to earn a place in, in their kind of weekly listening habits? Because in fact, that's what we have the, the, the opportunity to do with podcasting is to be that sort of habitual, you know, every Tuesday, I know I'm going to listen to this podcast. Um, and so, yeah, to, to really earn, earn that place in the weekly listening habits, we have to create something um, new. So uh, we, every show that we produce, we're obsessed with the listener. What it is, what is it that they do? What are the habits they're already displaying? We're not trying to sort of ask people, hey, would you listen to this? We're really interested in what are you already listening to? Because we know that's something that will, you know, that you're actually, you actually care about. And then um, trying to sort of craft something um, for them. So when a client or potential client comes to you with an idea of a podcast or thinking this would be a, a good thing to do, have mm. they already made the decision that podcasting is what they want to do and then you're trying to work out the best way to do it? Usually, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, not it's not always the case that we agree that actually podcasting is the right idea for them. 
um, because there are certain things that podcasting are really wonderful at and certain things that, that they're really not very good at. You know, as you'll know, as a seasoned podcaster, podcast growing an audience is, is actually quite a slow process that takes a lot of time and it's really um podcasting grows very much by word of mouth you know the most common way that people discover a new podcast is from a friend or a colleague telling them hey you should go and check out this show so that means it's not an instant viral uh channel like a tiktok for example you might get millions of views overnight that just simply you know very very rarely happens in podcasting um uh but what it is really wonderful for is um kind of deep engagement with your audience the people that choose to subscribe to a podcast genuinely care about that podcast and they're subscribing to it because they see value in it and they want to listen on a regular basis so that level of opt-in is is just far stronger than the engagement we might see on a tiktok or a facebook or a whatever else you might sort of choose um to do so you know if 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 a company coming to us wants the <clears throat> the latter they want that expi ex you know explosive viral growth then we sort of think well actually maybe there's some other things that might fit you better right now um, but to, to answer your question, yes, um, brands often, it's sort of a real split. They, they, they've usually decided podcasting is what they want to do. They've, and about 50% of the time, they've got a really clear idea of this is what we want. Some people just say, we know we want a podcast, but we're not quite sure what that means and what that's going to look like. And some people say, we really got a very firm idea of the concept of the, the topics we want to talk about. These are the things. And so our job is then becomes, how do we kind of direct that in the right way? It's not necessarily about sort of completely changing the concept that they might have in mind. But as I mentioned before, and we're, we're obsessing about the, the listener, we need to know what they want and how they want to receive the information they're looking for. And so we want to sort of repackage some of these ideas to present them in the right way. You've talked a lot about um, growing and owning an audience. So, mm. And you've talked a lot about the listeners. So how do you go out and do that part of the research, particularly for a podcast that hasn't happened yet? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really hard. And honestly, it's quite... Um, uh, quite a manual and slow process. So what we do uh, is we we use a few different tools to understand um, to understand the, the, the landscape. So first of all, we want to clearly articulate our listener. Who are they demographic wise or, or however we're going to describe them? We want to be as specific as we possibly can. And by the way, often people are uh, the pushback we get is like, well, we don't want to rule out this audience or this audience or this audience. Um, but actually, if we're not specific on who we're serving, if you know, if we're not very much for one person, we're sort of for nobody. And so it's very hard to connect with with an audience. So it's actually much more effective, somewhat counterintuitively to say, actually, no, we are we are the podcast for graduate dentists. I don't know. Um, and so, you know, and, and, and ruling out no medical students that this is not the show for you because, you know, rather uh, ironically that by being very specific, this is the show for dentistry graduates. We are going to attract people from outside of that group because they, they clearly know what they're going to get out of listening to this, to this show. So anyway, um, I've digressed. Uh, where was I going? I'm sorry. Well, it it, you were being very clear that actually, and it's one of the the main tenets of marketing. Um, we, yeah. it, uh, anyone will, will often people will say, you know, I don't want to rule out a segment, but actually, you have to be specific in order to reach any target market. Um, so Absolutely. okay, so we they've 
you've so you we're being specific. To, I, yeah, I've, okay. I've found where I was. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so um, we 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 know exactly who we're going to speak to. Once we've articulated that, we can then try to understand what what does that sort of competitive landscape as what as we describe it. What does that sort of neighbourhood of of podcasts within which your new show that doesn't yet exist will live? Um, uh, and so. The first place we we will there are actually a couple of really clever tools. So one of them that I use is is called SparkToro, um, SparkToro.com, and you can enter in there your really specific demographic information. You can say, okay, I want to reach dentistry graduates, um, and what that SparkToro will then show you is all of the sort of um, social media channels, websites, but also podcasts and YouTube channels that that audience most commonly interacts with, or at least talks about on social. Um, and so that's a really wonderful way to get an idea based on the demographic of, your demographic of your listenership. What are they engaging with? Now, we're, of course, not necessarily, I'm really committing to this dentistry example, that we're not necessarily <laughs> competing with all uh, dentistry podcasts because, you know, a dentistry student is probably interested in, I don't know, listening to some BBC content or Joe Rogan or whoever knows who, whatever else. Mm -hmm. So our competition isn't just our own niche. Uh, it's actually all, all, all manner of different subjects. And so that's really important to include because, you know, we want to understand what are the, what is the behavior of our, of our listenership. So that's where we start. Um, but then we also want to look at ways to find uh, the shows that we're competing with across um the, the, the other ways that people discover uh, content, which is, of course, through search. So we want to look through Apple Podcasts, for example, to understand, OK, when we search for dentistry podcasts, what are the shows that come up um, uh, and, and, and rank most highly in, in Apple? Um, and that will give us sort of the second um, the second dimension, I suppose. We've got our sort of audience demographic dimension and then we've got the search dimension, Um uh, because that is ultimately one of the biggest ways we're going to compete is, you know, you search for the topic subject matter, which show stands out, what are you going to choose to listen to? Um, and then the third one is we want to look for an audience overlap. We want to look for shows um, where the the apps themselves are telling us that there are shared audiences between these shows. And we often find this brings up some unexpected um, answers as well. So very granular. This is sort of somewhat nerdy, but how you find this, if you go into Apple podcasts, you search for a specific show that is hyper relevant to yours. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, it'll show you that listeners uh, also subscribe to and then a list of other podcasts. And you want to capture those and add those to your list as well. Um, so I'm getting very specific and, and, and process around how we do this, but that's, that's how we sort of build up this, this, this network, this, this competitive landscape we want to understand demographics, what, what they listen to. We want to understand search. What are we competing with? And we want to understand sort of audience overlap between shows. And then what we have there is a pretty robust idea of in the in the, the, the listener's view of um, the options they have of podcasts to listen to. This is what we're sort of dealing with. Um, and there are so many lessons we can learn from that list that we, we compile. We can learn, you know, really basic questions like how long are episodes? You know, what is the average length of an episode? Um, uh, but but also you know how are they how are they branded what are the what are the formats of these shows are they interview shows or panel shows or documentary style things or something else um, uh, yeah what what are the types of guests that they interview the topics they cover all these sorts of things are really really important because what we want to do is look look for the patterns the most successful shows what are they doing and what can we steal from that basically and make sure that we're including because clearly that's what the audience is looking for 
Uh, but then also, where are those gaps? Where are there opportunities for us to do something that doesn't yet exist? Um, and uh, and that's 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 where we begin. Um, at least that's the slightly more scientific side of what is ultimately a very creative process. Okay, so having got your audience and one of the things that I found fascinating about your um, agencies you, you talk a lot about b2b podcasts and we'll co- we'll, um, we'll come back a little bit more on the b2b side in a, in a moment um, so sure. you've you've got the audience you've got an idea of the sort of things that the audience are listening to now where does the creative spark come from because you said you now need the creative bit mm. I, do you know um, I uh, that's that's much harder to pin down you know it's it's it's, there's not so much a process around that and frankly certainly speaking for ourselves it's just a collaborative process i think getting um a few people in the room that 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 are that are informed that care and that are creative can can sort of come uh basically brainstorm ideas um as i say a lot of times companies come to us and I think a lot of times people in the audience that are looking to start podcasts probably have their own ideas already um and so you know what we don't want to do is sort of throw those completely away it's really around okay how can we take this kernel of an idea that we've got and the things that we've learned about what our audience clearly wants and where there are opportunities to be different and how can we sort of connect those in in some sort of creative way um, and honestly, I, I've, I, I don't know if there's a shortcut to, to creativity, I'd love to know it. But I think generally <laughs> speaking, it's just having a chat with other people and coming up with ideas. Um, and yeah, I, I would I would certainly recommend never settling for the first one that you come up with. I think the more you think about this and throw ideas around and then leave it for a day and then come back and, and go again, um, these things tend to iterate and, and kind of get closer to what is a, a better thing. But as with anything creative, we just have to ultimately pick something, throw throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks and, and be open to iterating. I'm sure uh, that this podcast is very different to what it was in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that is just something that naturally happens. We evolve and we adapt to what our audience is feeding back to us, but what we enjoy to create and what what comes out sounding natural and good. Um, so, so, yes, it's... Uh, we, we obviously want to try and get as close to the best outcome from the very beginning, but I think a lot of it is, is also about sort of uh, being able to, to adapt and, and um, develop over time. Okay, and you, one of the things that you talk about is um, growing revenue generating podcasts. And it's one of the questions that I get from uh, people when they ask me about starting a podcast, you know, can mm. I make money from it? Um, yeah. And I think so, is that possible? And if so, how? What are the revenue streams that come from it? Yeah, so it, certainly it is possible. Um, I would say that uh, if you're looking for a way to get rich in media, podcasting is probably not the most <laughs> direct route. So I'm not sure I would, you know, wholly recommend it. But so when we talk, again, we're producing B2B podcasts. So when we talk about revenue generating, um, a lot of the time that revenue comes in the form of how is this podcast supporting my business? How is it generating new business for us and, and revenue as a result? So. That's a lot of um, uh, the answer for us. Um, you know, are we generating new leads for our business through the podcast? Are people listening and then picking up the phone and wanting to do business with us? So that's 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 one thing. But obviously, there is a huge um, proportion of po- the podcast landscape which is monetized through other other ways, and that might be through having sponsors uh, paying to to sponsor your your podcast. That might be through um, 
Patreon or, or other other forms of sort of um, subscriptions where your listeners will will pay to support the podcast, whether that's to get access to additional content or just through you know they want the show to exist and so they will continue to support it financially. Uh, so these these are possible, but those those uh, monetization when we're talking about monetizing our audience through sponsorship or or um, or other means, we definitely have to hit a certain. Uh, threshold, the sort of industry standard threshold in terms of the number of listeners that gets you access to the sort of general basic um, monetization networks uh, is we're talking sort of 10,000 listeners is the sort of usual benchmark there. Um, And what sponsorship revenue is usually based on is is a CPM, a cost per thousand downloads. Um, And usually that's around the sort of 25 US dollar mark if we're talking about sort of the global average. Um, So if you've got 10,000 listeners, then you can have a sponsor pay you $250 per episode to sponsor that. Um, And you could have, you know, as many as three sponsors on that on that slot. So, you you know, let's say there's potential earnings of $750 per episode. Um, and that's when you get 10,000 listeners. So as I say, this, it's not necessarily a get rich quick, op- uh, you know, uh, strategy because getting to 10,000 listeners is, is no uh, trivial thing. Um, so what the, the advice I've got to any sort of, um, you know, ambitious creators that want to monetize content and specifically in podcasts is to think about a, a couple of different options. The first one is either be hyper specific in who your audience is and make sure that that audience is a valuable audience because that 10,000 listeners mark that I mentioned and the $25,000 per thousand downloads rate, that's for a very general audience. That's for when a mattress company is going to want to sponsor your podcast to reach just anyone that's listening, right? But if you can say, I've got, you know, 500 C-suite executives from this specific industry, well, then there's a whole lot more value there that you can go to a sponsor directly um, and uh, and present them with, you know, a much more valuable proposition than just 500 people. These are 500 very specific people that have a, a specific value to you. Um, so that's that's one thing. And then the other option is to really lean heavily into the subscription model and really try to think of ways to be um, to, to grow those sort of absolute rabid those thousand true fans. Uh, Kevin Kelly wrote his essay I'm sure most people have heard of but if not google it it's it's fantastic and um you know if you're able to to build that really loyal audience uh you can actually monetize them and and survive off that at a much lower level so you know if you could have those thousand really passionate listeners that pay you I don't know five quid a month or ten quid a month or whatever then you're in a position to to sort of monetize that way um so, so yes, but like I say, we're, we're much more on the business end of things and we're monetizing through products and services that are advertised through creating that, that audience and, uh, and that podcast. And you've also brought me nicely back into the, the, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, which is podcasting for B2B, um, mm. because often it's not seen as, as what podcasting does. Um, so um, t- can you talk a little bit more about where it fits into a b2b marketing strategy and why you think podcasting to b2b is so important yeah i think it's really a really interesting and exciting um channel and and one of the reasons for that is that uh, most marketing channels if we're talking about social um 
social in particular, but but many is they're they're rented. We're kind of renting the audience, right? We don't we don't own it. It's it's Facebook, it's LinkedIn, it's Twitter's audience, and we've got our little portion of it, and they can very much control how we get access to that. Um, with podcasting, what we have is complete ownership of our audience. If we if we create content, people subscribe to our show. There is no intermediary there um, that is that is controlling or gating access to our to our content. It's very much like building an email list. If you've got an email list full of subscribers to your content, they are yours and that that's your property. So that's incredibly valuable. Now, it's obviously harder, as we've discussed, it's harder to build that over time. It takes um, it takes time to build that loyal and 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 sizable following but once you've got it it's um incredibly valuable the other reason i i I love podcasting is because of the intimacy and the direct contact we have with our audience um I, i mentioned sort of engagement levels before so just to kind of put some numbers on that if you're putting up a piece of video content let's say a two minute long video on onto facebook for example the engagement rates with that is you'll be lucky to get sort of five to 10% completion rates of that as an average on that video. But if we compare that to what we see in podcasting, it's incredibly common for us to be getting 70, 80, even 90% plus completion rates on average of our content, which might be 30, 40 minutes long. Um, so the level, uh, you know, the time we get to spend with our audience and the, the extent to which they're engaged is just really quite exceptional. And they're sort of, we're in their ears where it's a very intimate medium. It's just, it's kind of feels like one-to-one you're, you've got your headphones on uh, and you're speaking directly with that audience. And so that relationship we get to build over time is incredibly powerful. So all of those things combined, you know, our audience is opting in to listen to this. The level of engagement is really high. And then we own that audience over time, I think makes it a, a really interesting channel. But as I say, we, we, we only get to benefit from it if we make something that our audience actually really genuinely cares about yes which i think bring comes back to a, a, a point you made earlier on that you have to um be actively podcasting you said there are an awful lot of podcasts out there that are not active that's correct yeah it's very very common because particularly during the pandemic right we saw a phenomenal explosion of new creators entering podcasting because we were all stuck at home with a microphone and nothing to do and uh, <laughs> and and it was you know and people were thinking oh at last my opportunity to, to do this thing i've been wanting to do which is wonderful um but i think what a lot of people found is oh actually crikey this is fun but it's really hard to grow an audience and so it's incredibly common for people to start and stop after you know five or six episodes because they sort of get frustrated with the lack of of progress um and so Yes, what I will say is to everything on top of everything that we've talked about today, the the, the thing I would add is stick to it. Don't don't stop. If you know, the, the I think most podcasts really take at least six to twelve months to really start to to kick in and 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 have that that audience start to grow off its own steam. Um, and, and frankly, it takes that many reps, that many uh, kind of cycles of going through creating a show to get good at what what you're doing you know um you know certainly speaking for myself i'm sitting here waffling on and umming and ahhing like a machine you know it takes a lot of practice to get good at, at, at being a podcast host and um honing that that sort of skill so yeah it's incredibly common for people to give up and um and and i think the ones that that choose to keep plugging away are the ones that will eventually uh kind of see the success they're they're hoping for Harry Morton, founder of Lower Street Media, thank you so much for your for your time and your insight and for all the um, the facts and figures that you've thrown into the interview. Thank you very much indeed. 
no worries. Um, I mean, if there's anyone still left listening, then thank you and congratulations. Uh, it's been a real <laughs> pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. The Cambridge Marketing Podcast from Cambridge Marketing College. Training marketing and PR professionals across the globe.